May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Uh, Tony and I have a bit of a Saturday ritual. We, we figure out on Friday night when exactly we feel like we can manage to get out of bed and then we get up and we come and we unlock the church um, by that stage, there's already a queue of people waiting for Dia, the food bank, which actually doesn't open until 10 o'clock. But by half past seven, there's usually people queued up out there. So we open the downstairs toilet so people have um, somewhere to relieve themselves, and we come up and we open up the top part of the church around about half past eight, and then we head round the corner to hang a cafe for a coffee and to devour the Sunday paper which, as those of you who've seen a Sunday paper know, has got lots and lots and lots of pages in it. This Saturday, yesterday, I, uh, we got up and headed this way. Tony came first and she got hung up with someone, so she said, go on ahead. And uh, so I went down to Hangar and I walked in and it was very busy. Seemed to be people on all of the tables. There was one person sitting on the table closest to the door, which had space for four people sitting at it. And it did cross my mind that I might say to her, would you mind if I move one of the tables away so that we can sit on it when Tony gets here. But I thought, no, 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 that's interrupting her space. And then I spied a single table further over, so I went and sat there, opened up the paper, was having a look at the front page, when Tanya, the manager of Hangar, came over and said to me, actually, there's a table over there, pointing to the one at the front, which had now been vacated. There's much more room for you and your paper over there. Why don't you go and sit there? So I very happily picked up my paper and I went and was invited higher, you might say. I don't tell this story as a way of showing how humble I am. Um, I, I just tell a story to get us into the mood of today's parable. Today's gospel speaks is Jesus speaking into a particular society and a particular cultural um, worldview. In this society, um, status is really important. It's not all that different from our society. But one of the ways in which this is um, expressed in Jesus' society is in, as we've talked about before in sermons, about the way the family is held. And if you as an individual lose face, it's not just you who loses face, it's your whole family system that loses face. And so when Jesus speaks about um, people coming in his parable, about people coming to a wedding banquet and um, sitting down at a table that they think fits their status, which indeed is the way it worked, um, and then discovering that they have to shift to a lower table. Um, it's not only themselves who feel that they have been um, put down, but their whole family has been put down in the process. So Jesus tells this parable in that context. And you might say that Jesus is telling it as a morality tale, you know, actually humble yourself, you know, go to the lower table, and you never know, you might be brought to the higher table and, and you will be shown that you have more status. And everybody will see that you have a lot of status and you will feel good about yourself and your family will feel good about themselves. And then he goes on and tells that next bit and he speaks it to the host in particular and says, don't hold a feast where you just invite your friends and your neighbours who, um, because of this idea of reciprocity in our society, will then have to invite you back. He says, invite the people who can't invite you back, and then you'll get a reward in heaven. 
Again, it sounds like he's appealing to people's desire to be building up brownie points, a kind of spiritual capitalism at its worst. But there's a different way that we can hear today's, uh, today's gospel reading. We can hear it as Jesus making people go, what? As totally absurd and meant to be heard as a joke. A crazy idea subverting what is there in society, telling them that his way is different. His advice to the figure of power in the story, the host, who happens to be a Pharisee, his advice is to undermine that very system which upholds status difference at meals, exhorting the host not to invite those who can repay but invite those who can't, and not in order to get some kind of reward at the end, but because this is the way of the kingdom. By inviting the people who least expect to be invited, by not inviting the people who expect to get invited, you will point them in a different way. When I first uh, realised that this was a, the gospel reading for today, it made me think about the way when we come to church, we often sit on the back pew. We think we're being humble. We think we're being hospitable. We'll sit here because we don't want to seem like we think we're important. And we, we wouldn't want anybody to see us going to the front and think badly of us. At eight o'clock, where we have two parishioners who always sit in the front pews, I had to had to say, well, I'm not actually speaking to either Amanda or, or Ryan in this case, because you always come to the front. I actually think that's not hospitable at all, to sit in the back pew. I think it's more hospitable to us on this side of the table to sit as close as you can, because then we really feel like we're round the table together. And if you sit at the back, it feels like, huh. Don't you like us? Don't you really want to be around the table with us? But not only that, if we sit further to the front, those who come later or those who are new and not too sure get to sit further back where they won't be obvious and where they can watch what it is that we're doing and get a sense of how things are done around here. So hospitality invites us to come closer, to be hospitable in a different way. See, I think hospitality is so much more than simply being in our comfortable space and inviting people into it. I think hospitality requires us to be willing to step into uncomfortable places in order that all might feel welcome. A few weeks ago, I was talking about the concept of the other, the people who are different from me, who make me feel maybe a little bit awkward and uncomfortable because they're not like me and they do things different from me, or the people who I know need my help, but I'm not quite sure how to give it, and somehow they're over there, they're other. In the words of today's epistle, they are the stranger because they're strange to us or their ways are different from mine or ours, but that the kingdom of God, the realm of God, the wedding banquet of Christ 
says that there is no other. We all belong at this table. But in order for us all to belong, we have to take the risk of meeting each other and recognising that, as Anton Boysen said, who's uh, the father of clinical pastoral education, not there but for the grace of God go I, but there go I. That is me, that is us. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Our goal is to create a beloved community, and this will require a qualitative change in our souls, as well as a quantitative change in our lives. Our guardian angels, the people who are on the roster of people who come and offer welcoming presents in the church during the week, have learned something of this. They come and sit and welcome whoever comes through the door. Could be someone who's here on holiday wanting to look around. It could be someone who has a particular physical need that needs to be met. It could be someone who's angry with the church and wants to vent. It could be someone who simply wants to come and sit and be quiet and weep or sing or dance. All of these things happen in this place. It could be someone who's looking for another place and they've come here by mistake. But all of these people are offered a welcome. And in the process, and I'm sure they don't mind me saying this, I know that these people who have been on this roster week by week for a number of years now have learned a huge amount in being alongside those people whom they encounter those ones who come through the door, those ones who begin as other but soon become whānau. It's not easy being in a place that's strange. I think about my own experiences in cultures other than my own, that anxiety of not knowing quite where to sit or whether to sit or stand or what to say or what not to say or whether I should offer to shake hands or not offer to touch at all or being told off for doing the wrong thing. Being in a different culture from my own is a good reminder for me that hospitality is not just about being opening and welcoming people into my space but also about being willing to take the risk of entering another's space, being willing to be in that uncomfortable, awkward, anxious space, but open, open to learning what this other space is about, hospitable to learning another way, and that these people matter enough for me to do that. We used to offer hospitality from our house in Moera, which is where I lived before we moved here, and we often had people in our own homes, and it wasn't for quite a while that I realised actually I had to be brave enough to go into the homes of the people whom we welcomed into our space, into those homes that had so much less than our space had, and into those places where I was confronted with their needs but also their longing to provide hospitality to us. The Archbishop of Canterbury William Temple wrote, 
Humility does not mean thinking less of yourself than of other people, nor does it mean having a low opinion of your own gifts. It means freedom from thinking about yourself at all. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves than other people or having a low opinion of ourselves and our own gifts. It is freedom from thinking about ourselves at all. You see, we have to let go of our egos, both individually and collectively. We can be really proud of St. Peter's and the things that happen here and the ways we do things, but we need to let go of, aren't we clever and aren't we good? And I think we're better than other churches. That's ego. And sometimes ego is not just individual, it is collective. We need to be doing the things that we are doing in this place with each other for love of doing it for the longing of getting to know those we haven't met yet. Not because we don't count as much as those whom we seek to help, but because we all belong and we seek to share what it might mean, not only for ourselves, but for those who have yet to come, what it means to belong. The gospel isn't an appeal to abandon our own love of ourselves, but to believe in being loved and loving and engage in that loving fully in all directions, including towards ourselves, towards those who come to worship with us, towards those who are like us, as well as to those who are not like us. And who is us? Mike Marsh, an Episcopal priest uh, from West Texas, writes, Hospitality does not begin with opening the door of our house. It begins with opening the door of our heart. Hospitality challenges me to face the ways that I've closed and locked the door of my heart. When we shut the door of our heart and exclude the stranger, we also imprison ourselves. Strangers have a way of showing us ourselves and the doors that we have closed. Who is it that is the stranger for you today? Who is it who is the one you struggle to love this week? Who is the one you see as the Pharisee or the sinner? the rich person who can't get into the kingdom of heaven in your eyes, the poor person who actually has so much more than you do. In the epistle to the Hebrews, we heard, let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. 
Remember those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. It is not them. It is us. We are invited to consider the other, to truly see them, and then be alongside them. To both learn from those who are different from us and to serve them and be served by them. And soon those ones will no longer be strangers, but rather beloved brothers and sisters and even angels. Now this sermon isn't intended to be an advertisement for our guardian angels roster, but I'm sure that Deirdre would be very glad if there were some more people in the congregation who were able to find some time during the week to join in that roster and to do that learning and that formation that happens from being in that environment where you're simply open to whoever and whatever comes. The challenge of today's readings and for the life that Jesus calls us to is to let go of the false security that formal laws bring because the Pharisees were worried about keeping the law and from the social rules that our societies give to us and to instead give ourselves to a different rule, a different reign where the first are last and the last are first and where no one actually knows who is first or last because we are all together. To do this, we have to let go of the need to be seen and allow ourselves instead to be seen by our God with love and to allow that love to flow in all that we are and do. I'd like to finish with a prayer from a daily prayer blog called Sacred Space. Loving God, if I am happy in my own skin, I'll be good company for whoever is beside me. I do not ask to make an entrance like a celebrity, nor do I want to be overlooked completely. Give me contentment and an eye for the need of whoever sits beside me. Loving God, in Jesus, we see the humility of the one who knew who he was, loved by God and on earth to serve others. He is among us now as one who serves, the one who sees the needs of his people and does his best to meet them. He is amongst us and we are his body. May we be comfortable enough in our own skins, secure enough in the love of God, that we can take the risk of stepping into the places where we are not comfortable, in order that we may bring life to others and ourselves. In Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.